there is so much financial jargon and this industry was created by cisgender white men and the conversation towards women has always been about coupon clipping and saving and investing seems complicated, but it truly is not. We just haven't been taught it in school. We just haven't had the time to learn. And if you have a job, you're momming, you're managing your house, you have so much going on. You might think investing is this very challenging thing that you have to learn, but truly it's not as hard as you think. And so once I had that, that feeling pretty violated and, and upset that that was happening to me, realizing that so many other people were, had no idea that this was happening to them. I felt pretty morally obligated to do everything I could to educate other people, particularly women, because when women have more money, we have more choices, options, flexibility, freedom. And that in itself is super important to me. So I thought I'm going to take what I learned, package it up and share it with all my friends, not with the intention of starting a business. And then everyone learned a lot and I figured out pretty quickly there's a, a big need here. Welcome to the Women Who Want More podcast. I'm Adriana Keefe, your purpose-driven life and manifestation coach who went through my own quarter-life crisis and had to learn how to navigate that through finding what the heck I was doing with my life. I refused to believe in the culture that said women and moms couldn't have it all. And after years of figuring it out for myself, I now teach others how they can get there too. This is a podcast for women who are overwhelmed and burnt out and know there's more to this life for them. We connect with other women, moms, and business owners to find out how they got to where they are so we can learn faster how we too can ditch the overwhelm and live this life with intention and purpose. So if you're tired of the exhaustion and not having enough time for the things you love, this is the place for you. Ready to figure out how to live that more exciting and fulfilling life you've always wanted? Let's get to it. Hi, I'm Adriana, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. We're raised in a society that makes us feel inadequate from the moment we're born, leaving us trying to do and be everything to everyone. We're raised in a world where we're only as good as the money we make, the people we please, the weight we lose. As kids, we're put into schools that test everyone the same way and treat everyone as if they have the same thoughts and feelings. As young adults, we're told to take the same path as everyone else. Go to college, get a job, procreate, stay in said job until you retire, then die. But wouldn't you love to go through life with more ease, achieving your goals and attaining your dream home and personal life? Well, my friend, have I got the solution for you. It's time for you to meet Whole Harmony, the only personalized program of its kind to equip high-achieving women with the tools they need to create harmony in life without sacrificing their goals. Maybe you love your job but recently became a mom, and now you're starting to see how much time and energy work is draining from you. Maybe you have a successful career but have come to an aha moment of wanting a new future with more balance, more harmony, maybe even some more travel. Or maybe you know work is taking up too much of your schedule, leaving you feeling suffocated, disconnected from the rest of your life. Then this program is for you. Apply now at adrianakeefe.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-A-K-E-E-F-E.com. Well, hello, happy Thursday. Welcome back to another episode of Women Who Want More. I'm your host, Adriana, and I feel like I've got a whole lot to talk about today, but I'm 
I'm not going, I'm going to try to hold it all back because I know you guys want to get to the good stuff, but I have like so many things going on around me right now, so much good energy and I just feel like I'm about to explode, like burst with good energy and creativity. I'm just really vibing with this new moon and full of inspiration this week. And so I've been thinking about how many people who come to me for human design readings are coming specifically for help growing their business. They consistently ask me how to utilize their human design to grow the business. And I've seen so many people make the mistake of doing the same things that someone else in their field is doing to try and grow or their mentor is doing or telling them like you have to be all in the Facebook groups or cold calling, pitching, emailing. And while there's absolutely a time and a place for that type of strategy for coaches and other online business owners and whatnot to utilize that to grow, not everyone can utilize it the same way. And I'm so tired of seeing people who own businesses being treated as if they are not unique and that their energy is not unique. And so we're constantly trying to force these strategies and tactics on ourselves and it doesn't feel aligned and then we don't see any success with it. You're just not always energetically wired the same way that someone else is. So when they're having success in maybe doing all the Facebook group work or whatever, Maybe that's not working for you because that is not in alignment for you. And so you're hitting like your head against the wall feeling like a failure because you this isn't working for you. It's working for someone else. And so anyways, I know I'm getting on a tangent here because it, it frustrates me because I was that person for so long. I was trying to do all those things to grow my business that everyone was telling me to do or that other successful people were doing and really only bits and pieces of it vibed with me and when I started to take those little bits and pieces and run with it everything changed I could throw the Facebook group things out the window and all this other stuff out the window because that wasn't authentic to me and you could see that there was no return in my business it was just it felt like I wasn't enjoying my business anymore and doing that work so I'm thinking of putting together a workshop for free that would expand on my original human design workshop to help struggling entrepreneurs like yourself understand how human design, how your human design type is energetically built to work. So you would be able to walk away from this workshop understanding some strategies, if you want to use those words, it feels so masculine. But yes, there's no business without having some sort of planning or strategy behind it. So you would understand which ones could work for you and what feels in alignment for you. So if this is something that you'd be interested in, um, shoot me an email or reach out to me on Instagram because I'm only going to host it if there's interest. I'm not going to just put it all together and throw it out there and wish for the best. I only want to do this if people are telling me that they want this from me. So leave me a message, shoot me an email, whatever works. Um, Instagram, email, LinkedIn, I really am trying to be on But yeah, I'm not enjoying a ton of social media. I only like it when it feels good. So, you know, going back to my design. Anyway, so today I have a really freaking fantastic conversation for you to listen in. And I feel like if you're anything like I was maybe even just a year ago, you hear the word investing or you talk about money and finances and you shrivel up into a little ball and you're like, I don't want to because I'm not good at finances or I'm not good at money or... I have so much credit card debt or whatever whatever the reason is. 
I understand. I feel you. I've been there. And I'm telling you the only way to pull yourself out of that and to see money in the bank and to see good investments is for you to educate yourself. So today I have Tess Waresmith, who her and I both love to drop the F word. So put your headphones in if you've got littles around. And I met her at the She's Local conference back in May, and I was just like, I am all in. I need to get this girl on the podcast. I need to hear more about what she does. I did her free webinar on demysti- demystifying investing, and it was so, so helpful. It sent me down this whole money path that I've been going down for the past couple of months. And um, she basically teaches you the very bare bones basics of what you need to know to take control of your finances and not let someone else do it for you and take a shit ton of her money out of your pocket. Yes, there's a time and a place for having a financial planner, but if you don't want to give away all that money, (laughs) then you can easily do it yourself. It's a very simple process. And once you learn the, the, like the, the download, like the 101, then you can run with it. It's not like you constantly have to be checking your investments or whatever. Like you literally do investing and you let it sit. And like she teaches you about debt and what to pay off, what debt. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. So please take some time to listen to this us women need to stand in our power more with finances. We absolutely do. I know that personally. I know that from all my friends and my family. We're not taught enough about money as a child for the most part. So please, please take control of your financial life. Listen to this episode. Reach out to Tess. Take advantage of her free checklist that's in the show notes below. And do what you need to do to take control because you don't know what could happen. I mean, God forbid something happens to my husband. Before I started this financial journey, I literally, well, there's still a lot that I don't know. Like I wouldn't know the logins for the mortgage. I wouldn't know the the kids' um, student accounts thing. What are those called? I don't even know. See? So if something happens to him, I'm screwed. And that's what I'm in the process of figuring out so that I don't have to deal with that stress. God forbid that happens or any sort of life change curveball gets thrown at me that I'm now dealing with the finances and all that crap on top of the the normal stress that comes with whatever that curveball is. So I know I'm getting passionate about this topic now. Tess is going to be so proud of me. So please listen, reach out to her, follow her. She's so freaking good. Enjoy. Well, hello there, beautiful. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. Thank you for being here. From the moment I saw you on the panel at the She's Local <laughs> Conference, you were saying the word fuck like a lot. And I was like, oh, she's my people. Did I really? I, <laughs> yeah. I intentionally yeah. tried because it was such a public forum. I tried to tone it down, but um, it's that's a work in progress. Not going so great. Apparently, I thought Apparently. it did. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely, I wish I had counted. You said it a lot. And I was like, oh, that's great. It's even better that you were like, oh, I was trying not to say it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Too- too funny. <laughs> oh man. So who are you? Tell us who is Tess and what you do, all the all the good things. Sure. So I think I used to answer that question, who I am with what I do. So I'll start with what I do, which is I own a financial education business teaching mostly women professionals and entrepreneurs, an easy way to invest. And then I also am a VP at a marketing agency overseeing a large operations team. And so that is what I do. And I used to define myself that way, actually. But now I like to say truly that I am an educator. 
I am a lifetime learner, always learning and an adventurer. And I like that better because it allows me to pivot a little bit more. I like all those things, no matter what the category. So that is who I am. And what I do is try to take the things that I've learned and teach them to as many people as possible. I like that you say you're an adventurer. I might add that to my bio. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I, I love travel. I love hiking and I love climbing and um, I just love being outside. It's so good for the soul. So, yeah, and get me anywhere in some mountains or a beach and I'm pretty happy. What's the coolest place you've ever traveled to? Oh, that is like choosing a favorite child. I ha- I've been to about 40 countries <gasps> and I would say my favorite place was Bali in Indonesia. I got to live there. I was, I lived in Singapore for a year. So I got to live in Bali for a month. I actually went for three days and then just didn't want to leave. So, so I stayed and good for you. That's what life is about, man. Yes. I've been very fortunate to work for a great organization for six years. That's fully remote. So when I lived in Singapore and I was working for them, which is why I was there, I was still remote at that time for the most part. So it's just afforded me an amazing opportunity to, to travel. And I'm super grateful for that. That's awesome. Bali's on our list for sure. Um, I think it's for magical. Me, it's it magical. looks it right. And there's all these yoga retreats and, and um, you know, inner work retreats out there that my husband and I are so down to go, but we just keep having these damn kids. So maybe <laughs> when the kids are a little, well, we're going to stop having kids now we're done. So if it happens, it was a boo-boo, but um, I think our favorite place was Morea, which is an Island in Tahiti off of Bora Bora. I don't know if you've ever been there, but no, it, I it haven't. Was, it was amazing. It was so great. Probably not as magical as Bali, but I loved it. Oh my God. I'm sure it was, you know, I think one, one common misconception of Bali is that it's paradise and it truly is a, there is some paradise. There's also some gritty parts of that Island. And I love the, the contrast of that. The people are super nice. It's a very spiritual place and it has a very specific energy and it's super hard to explain, but it feels different than other places I've traveled to. And I would highly recommend it for anybody looking for something different for sure. Why did you come back? So I had moved out there to work for the marketing agency I worked for. We were working for Uber was our client at the time. And they had an office in Singapore that they wanted me to work out of. And so I had been there for, I think about a year and a half and it truly amazing experience. I traveled to 10 countries. It was awesome, but it was pretty lonely. And I did have a lot of time by myself, which was great. And I made a lot of amazing friends. I actually made a friend there and I'm going to his wedding in January in London, which is very cool. So I did build amazing relationships, but I miss being, I miss being in the U S there's a lot of amazing things in the U S I missed the uh, mountains and nature I think I used to live in Utah and one of the best things about the U S is the Southwest. In my opinion of all the places I've traveled, there's incredible mountains, incredible outdoor opportunities in the U S. And so you don't have to look too far sometimes to find something amazing. So I wanted to come back, but it was a amazing experience for sure. You don't know what you got till it's gone. I guess the same goes for the U S <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but I digress. Okay. So 
when we talked about having you on the podcast, I was like, money, it's such an important topic, especially for women. We need to be able to claim that we want money. It's okay for us to want to be millionaires or billionaires, or it's okay for us to have more investments than our partner. If your partner's a man and, and all of this makes me excited to talk about money. But then the thought of like, where do we start? Just like, oh my God, I just like froze up. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so I was like, what topic? How do we, how do we segue into things? I don't know. And I was like, you know what? She's Tess. She's going to know what to talk about, where to start so that it's not going to overwhelm me or anyone listening. So with that being said, I'm going to give you the floor and where would you typically start when you, what gets you heated about women and investing that made you start all of this? Sure. So I will share a little bit about why I started this, this company. And it starts with me being in the same place that most women are at with not having the knowledge myself. And so there was a time when after, uh, after college, I was lucky enough to get a job as an acrobat on cruise ships. That was my first job out of college. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So acrobat on cruise ships. What? Um, it was an amazing job. And one of the things that other than cruise ship life is just insane. That's a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> but one of the amazing things was that I was able to save a ton of money very quickly because I had no expenses. The ship paid for everything. I got hazard pay because the show was a little dodgy. So, <laughs> so I made, I made a, a good amount of money for somebody out of college and I saved it all. And so I thought, okay, I really want to make sure I'm investing my money the right way. I know I want to grow it. I don't know what to do. It's a super, I thought a super complex thing to do to invest on your own. So I hired a financial advisor, somebody that I knew very well and is a good person. And after a while, I started to get more interested into what I was invested in and the product that she had sold me, which was an annuity and what the value of these things were. And kind of quickly found some red flags in my own accounts when I dug into it. And then after doing a lot more research, I very quickly realized that the amount that a financial advisor was charging me for performance that I could get on my own would cost me roughly half a million dollars of my retirement over time. So yeah, people don't realize compound interest works in both ways. It works for investing and growing your money. And then it also, unfortunately, also compounds fees if you're paying them to a financial advisor. And this person truly is not a bad person, not a well-intentioned, not a poorly intentioned person, but the industry itself is not set up for the consumer because a lot of financial advisors aren't fiduciaries, which means they're not legally obligated to act in your best interest. And they which is also sad to think about. Yes. 90%. <laughs> Here's <financial>, my money. <laughs> yes. 90% of financial advisors are the only legal direction they have is to select a suitable, I'm doing air quotes, investment for you, which can be interpreted as many different things. So once I learned that I was really motivated about how much money I was paying this person to manage my investments and the fact that she was being compensated for some of the funds that were in my account and for the products that I was being paid. And, and truly they say they disclose this, all this to you, but it's overwhelming. It's a lot of information. So when it's all said and done, I probably lost out on a growth opportunity of $200,000 before I started managing my own investments. And 
what I want everyone to know right off the bat is that like pretty violated and, and upset that that was happening to me, realizing that so many other people were, had no idea that this was happening to them. I felt pretty morally obligated to do everything I could to educate other people, particularly women, because when women have more money, we have more choices, options, flexibility, freedom. And that in itself is super important to me. So I thought I'm going to take what I learned, package it up and share it with all my friends, not with the intention of starting a business. And then everyone learned a lot and I figured out pretty quickly there's a, a big need here. So I will, to, to wrap all that up, that is why I started my business. And I think that there is such a huge opportunity to give women confidence and control over their money and that that will make the rest of their lives so much better in so many different ways. So that is what I teach. So now I have a pretty simple course. It's not crazy. It's one hour a week for five weeks. And by the end of it, you're not an expert, but you know the basics and you could open your own account and buy your own investments. And that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it's actually not that hard. You just need a little bit of intentional time to learn. Yeah. So as you're like saying all of that, I'm like, shit, I'm the one who talked my husband into us getting a financial advisor like years ago. So we have one, but I'm sitting here like, okay, pros and cons. If I were to try and take it and do it myself, it's so much stress, but I'd be saving all that money. And so I'm like, but is, is giving them that money, like helping my stress levels because I don't have to deal with it. But right. like you're, you're saying it's really that simple that, that I could literally just start in maybe a couple months, start doing it on my own. A hundred percent. So I will say that right off the bat, I never want to say that all financial advisors are bad. There are truly some amazing financial advisors out there. What I do think we all need to do, regardless of whether you have a financial advisor or not, is to get a basic education. And then after you have educated yourself, whether it's reading books, taking a course like mine, whatever way it is you decide to learn investing 101, then after that point, you can decide, you know what, I actually would rather have someone manage this for me, or I can, I want to do it myself, or there are hybrid options as well. So I think the first step is really just getting an education. And a lot of the people that I've worked with after they've gone through the course, they've thought, oh, I can pretty easily open up my own investment account and select some investments and I'm good to go. And other people, they would like someone to manage their money for them. And I think a lot of the stress comes from the unknown because people don't understand the stock market. They're like, how do I time the market? What investments am I going to select? Where am I going to open all these investments? And all of those things can be taught pretty easily. So I think that that, but, but a lot of it sounds complicated because there's so much financial jargon and so much like bullshit words that are so complicated. Like for example, there's, you know, we talk about stock market indexes, right? Most people don't know what that is. A stock market index is index just means list. It's a group of stocks, but we don't call it group of stocks. We call it a stock market index, right? So that's just like one example where you, when you get the human translation of what the word actually means, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's not actually that complicated. So, that's so true. Yeah. So I think if you are somebody that has a financial advisor, but don't know what they're doing and would like to, to learn more, then read a book, take a course. There's so much great information out there. If you don't have a financial advisor and you're debating whether to get one, 
it's the same answer, right? Because then at least you'll you'll have clarity on next steps. You'll understand what it takes to open your own accounts and then you can make that decision. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now I'm super intrigued. Um, so what, what is it that women usually come to you like specifically asking? Is it, is it usually like that whole, where do I begin? Or is it like a specific like 401k or something like that? That's a good question. So I would say a lot of people already have some kind of investments and a lot of people have a 401k and don't realize that you are investing when you have a 401k. Like I, I do events quite often and I'll ask who here has an investment account and half the room raises their hand. And then I say, who has a 401k and everyone raises their hand. And, <laughs> yeah. and these are all like smart, incredible, powerful women, by the way, I want to make that clear. Like our, our lack of financial literacy in this country is not your fault. We need to take accountability to learn, but we are not set up for success through college or high school or any kind of public education. So just let's get that shame right out of the way that it is Mm -hmm. okay that you don't know because most people don't. Mm -hmm. So I think for women, oh, I lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What were we, what were we? (laughs) The, the, um, what people, women usually come to you. Oh, okay. Right. So In that example, I think a lot of women already have investments and they want to learn either what they're currently invested in and if there's a better way to do it, or they want to invest more and they're not sure how to figure out how to do that. So that's usually what what questions people have. And the first thing I start off with is giving them an outline of the things that they need to learn. And once you break it out into smaller bite-sized pieces, it's not so bad. So for example, you need to know what kind of retirement accounts you qualify for. And there's some very common ones that most people do. And then you need to learn what to put in those retirement accounts. And when you learn the basics of the stock market that you can't really time the stock market, so you don't need to be trading all the time. And in fact, that's actually worse for your account once you learn that you can buy a couple funds, like three to four funds, buy them and leave them alone for 20 years and do better than most actively managed funds. That's the kind of stuff that starts to unlock opportunities for you to to take your financial power back. So that's typically what people are asking is I have a 401k and I want to optimize it, or I know I should be investing more and I have no clue where to start. The other two things that I get commonly are people thinking that they don't have enough money to start investing and that they have some debt and they're not sure if they should be investing. And so I do want to go down those two rabbit holes really quickly because I think it's really important. One is you can invest, you can buy a fund with $5 these days and A lot of people think, oh, if I only have a hundred or $200 to invest every month, that's not a lot. I did the math on this the other day. And I think about $25 a week invested over 30 years is like $150,000. It's a lot of money, $25 a week. It's not a lot of money. And so people will not invest because they don't think they they have enough. That's just simply not true. And then the other reason why people might not invest is because they have some debt. Now, if you have debt that's over 10 per, so, so sorry if you have debt that's over like 6 or 7% that's what i would consider high interest debt you have to pay that off right away 
But if you have low interest debt, you know, student loans that are 5% or you have a mortgage where all, a lot of us are lucky enough to have a mortgage that's under 6%, which is historically actually very low, the stock market actually returns on average about 10%. So if you think about it, there's so many people that are, they get extra cash and they're like, oh, I'm going to use it to pay down my student loan faster, or, oh, I'm going to use it to pay down my mortgage faster. When in reality, if they took that money and invested it, they're much more likely to make a bigger return on their investment than the amount they would save paying off that low interest debt faster. So those are some of the myths we start with right away to make sure that people realize that the sooner you start investing, the better, and truly you don't need a lot to get started. That is the, such good points. <clears throat> and I love that you talked about the percentage and like when you should invest and when you should wait. And like, so basically credit card debt, you want to get that paid off. Cause that's like hundred percent over 15% most of the time, but like yeah. student loans, like I know my student loans are uh, three, 4%, something like that. So it's nice to be able to distinguish between those things and like to hear someone who knows their stuff in it to tell us that that's the route we should go because, or else we'd just be here like, well, but I have all this, like, what do I do? Right. Ooh. And, and I do say all that and recognize that there is a psychological factor here too, and that people will want to pay off their debt because they don't like the idea of mm -hmm. having debt. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do some psychological um, recalibration to really understand what your potential upside should be. So there are compound calculators on the internet. You can just Google compound calculators and see, okay, if I invested this extra $100 a month that I'm putting toward my student loan payment, invested it for the next 10 years, what approximately would that be? And you know, you can assume an interest rate of 10% is a decent historical average versus if you paid that towards your student loan debt, how much money would you save on interest? Most of the time you're better off investing. But I also appreciate that psychologically that might be hard because people are afraid to lose money in the market mm -hmm. and you want to get rid of your debt, but it's important that you at least understand those options so that you can make an informed decision. Yeah, because we're taught that all debt is bad, which simply isn't the case. No, I mean, a lot, a good amount of certain debts are bad, sure, but not all debts are bad. Like I remember when I was in real estate, um, a lot of the brokers I worked with and the people that were handling the money were talking about how like a house is a good kind of debt to have. I don't remember what they said about car though. I don't remember. If, I think car wasn't a, so was like mediocre. A car is tough because. It's, it's usually low interest if you have decent credit, but it's not an asset that's appreciating. It's an asset that's losing money. So True. I still think if you have a car that is under 5% interest rate, that you shouldn't try to pay that off faster, I would still invest the difference. But it really just depends on your situation. I would also say understanding those, de those decisions and those trade-offs. Like for example, if you buy a brand new car that has a high monthly payment, what are you giving up that you could potentially invest and save for retirement? So yeah. when, when I talk to people about investing, we start with the foundations because you can't be a successful investor unless you understand why you want to save money and what's important to you and where do you want to be in 10, 20, 30 years? How do you want to spend time with your family? What causes do you want to donate to? Once you get clear on what's driving you, then it's much easier to lay out a plan 
and allocate money to saving or allocate money to paying off your high interest debt first. But if you don't have that, or you've already done that, then it's, what do I want to save for in the short, short term? And what do I want to invest in the long term so that I can get to where I want to be? And that's super important. I think that goes back to a lot of the work that you do with your clients, right? Is figuring out what they really want and where they want to get to. That's important, just as important for personal finance as it is for any other part of your life. I actually had the same thought when you were talking about, um, you know, why you want to invest. And I remember when I first started my business and things were slow and it was really hard. And I realized I hadn't dug deep enough into why this income was important to me. And then, so you mentioned like, what do you want that life to look like? Do you want to be able to give back to charities and writing down what, what that income meant to me? That's when it brought all of that out. Like I want to be able to give back in a big way. I don't just mean like $50 here and there. Like I want to be a big supporter of charities and organizations that I believe in. So me creating this income for myself and my family, it's not just about me. It's about the impact I want to make on the world. And that's exactly what I thought of when you just added that to your spiel. I think that is so that's part of the psychological thing, right? Like we have yeah. to understand why we want this money, why we want to invest. It means more than what your surface level brain is telling you. Right. Right. And, and a lot of people haven't really ever taken, they say, oh, I'm bad at money. And my first question is when is the last time you sat down for an hour and even put any attention or thought or time into educating yourself about money. You are not bad at money. Money is not complicated. Investing is not complicated. Budgeting is not complicated. It's psychologically challenging, but it's not actually that hard, but it feels hard because the financial industry makes it hard with all their fucking jargon. And then it, and, and then it also feels hard psychologically, which is why getting an education on the stock market helps you psychologically make choices and say, okay, I understand how the stock market works. I understand the average historical return and why it's really valuable for me to take this extra money and put it into my account. And I say all that while also simultaneously believing with an abundance mindset, you should be able to save for things that you want to do today that bring you joy and also invest for your future. Those two things are not and should not be mutually exclusive. And, and I can't say that enough. Amen to that. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm curious when you, when you're talking money to like a man, what's it like? Are they, <laughs> are they like talking to you about like investing your stocks and you're like, well, actually like, how does that conversation go? Or does it not come up that much? So that's a very interesting question. So I am going to start by saying women are better investors than men. The data says that. The data says that there's a lot of reasons for that. I've already alluded to some of the investing myths. A, a lot of men want to learn how to day trade and they want to invest in sexy shit like crypto or NFTs, or they're trying to create these really challenging investing strategies. As I said earlier in, in this conversation, you can buy a couple funds, hold them for decades and do great. And most people think you have to be a lot more complicated than that. It's there's a few other things you need to learn, but that's the basics. The people that trade in and out of the market all the time that are constantly looking at what the market's doing, that are trying to figure out what individual stocks to buy. That's usually what I find men do more of. And that 
statistically will hurt their returns. So as far as when I'm talking to men about this, I will say there is, they seem, and this is just based on my personal experience, seem to have a leaning towards like wanting the sexy investing, where as women, we tend to be more practical. And which is why I'm so excited to teach this stuff. Cause I'm like, actually you can make it way easier, buy some funds, hold on to them a long time, call it a day. Like there are studies in Fidelity that talk about how some of their best investors are people that forgot their login because they just don't touch their, yep. their shit. And then it grows yep. over time. Mm-hmm. So there is also a lot of, you know, finance bros. I do get a lot of comments on Instagram about, you know, different opinions about investing. And I think that there is an opportunity for women to really take control of the space and do it in a smart and easier way. And so that's what I'm excited to share. I didn't people. even think about the social media aspect and how you probably have, you know, men being like, no, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a finance bro contingency, <laughs> but there also is an amazing group of people, dudes, uh, all people included that are all, we actually, I'm actually part of a finance creator mastermind. And what's so great about this mastermind is we are all depending on our field, whether it's budgeting, investing, money mindset, I'm more focused on the investing piece, but we're all saying the same thing. Like, Hey everyone, it is not as hard as you think it is. And we're going to help make this easy for you. And so that's cool to be part of that group. And there are some amazing guys that are in that group. So not all, not all bad, but there are definitely, we call them finance bros. Finance bros. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad you brought up um, cryptocurrency because I actually wrote down, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on that, because I'm sure you get that question. It's a form of investing. So like, what, what are your thoughts around that? Sure. So cryptocurrency, web three, metaverse, this is all super exciting, potentially massively lucrative business, but it is so early on that it is still very speculative. Speculative means that high risk. This is again, finance term. Speculative, it just means high risk. It's high risk. It fluctuates a lot. And I personally would not hold more than 5% of my overall investing portfolio that I was willing to lose right now, because we just don't have any idea. There are other ways to invest. As I mentioned, uh, you can invest in funds. They're called index funds where you can buy 500 stocks at once of big proven companies like Google, Apple, and these are companies, Amazon, they're not going anywhere. They're likely going to grow over time. These are safe, less sexy investments, and you can buy a bunch of them at once And that's what's called diversifying your investments. That is a much easier way to invest than to try to figure out which cryptocurrency is going to do great or which one Elon Musk is going to randomly decide to tweet about next month. There's just easier ways to invest and much safer ways to build your wealth than crypto. So I, there's a lot of polarizing opinions on crypto. This whole industry is polarizing in in many, many ways. (laughs) Yeah. I think actually social media in itself is just like completely binary all the time. Mm. Crypto isn't bad. It's just speculative and very risky. So until you have a very solid financial plan and the basics of investing in things like index funds, which again is just fancy word for group of stocks that tracks a list. um, I wouldn't recommend investing too much in crypto unless you're 
prepared to lose that money and okay with it. Cause we just don't know. Yeah. Like all the hype about NFTs lately. And I was listening to a couple podcasts to try and understand it. And I was like, what's the big deal? I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And it could, I mean, it's a gamble. It, it could be super lucrative. All investing has some risk, but if it's me, I'm doing everything I can to minimize that risk. So I'm investing in solid investments. I'm holding them for a long period of time to ride out the volatility in the market. And I'm putting small portions in high risk speculative stuff, but I would like to keep most of my money and I can't guarantee the return of any investment, but certainly crypto is, is not a guarantee in any way at all. So just, do you have any, do you have I do. any? Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, lost most of it. It's in the trash. Really? Right now. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Well, every, yeah. Everything dipped, right? Yeah. Everything dipped. Crypto's in the trash. So I have a very small percentage of my portfolio. I think it's like two or three percent maybe so but that's okay i knew i knew that and i'm gonna hold it for time i'm not that is not money i planned on using any time in the next decade or two so i bought it fully expecting a insane crash to happen and it has it's lost i think over 60 percent of its value last time i checked mm. but again i was prepared for that yeah um people i know people that invested a good portion of their retirement in crypto and that is very psychologically hard to deal with. Even if crypto does come back, like that is just such an emotional situation. And then you end up panic selling and that's not where you want to be. Yep. I think I would, I would, like you say, it tends to be the woman who put it in there and they leave it. That would totally be me. I'd be like, yeah, it's there, whatever. My husband checks his Robin hood like 15 times a day. And I'm like, yeah, and then he'll be like, oh, up this much. Oh, lost this much. And I'm like, okay, well, it'll be different tomorrow. So I really give no fucks, but all right, sure. <laughs> yeah. And the stock market is much like the game of life, right? We make three steps forward, two steps back. Progress is never linear. The stock market is the same thing. And apps like Robinhood, no shade to your husband, but they gamify investing. So they want you to be oh, on the app. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. They want he'll get like on- notifications and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They want you <clears throat> on there checking your shit so that you're totally, you're trading in and out. There's fees involved in all of that. And you are definitely not performing as well as the buy and hold investors when you're doing that. Or I will say 95% of day traders are not performing as well as people that just set it and forget it. But they gamify that and make that very exciting. So Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients, I don't look at the numbers every day, every week. I get a lot of financial newsletters because I'm a nerd and I love learning, (laughs) but I'm not, I'm not paying attention. I'm not going into my own accounts and and saying, oh my God, it dropped 10,000 or gained 20,000 because my mindset is this money is invested for 10, 20, 30 years down the line. I don't care what it's doing right now. I care about what it's doing in 10 years. And statistically speaking in 10 years, we're probably going to be in a pretty good spot. So I'm guessing, you know, the answer to this because you seem to know a lot of stats and data, but like, so obviously it's not a guarantee that we're going to make money. So I'm trying to figure out how to word this question. Um, but is there any sort of guarantee that investing for your future in this way is one of the best things you can do for retirement or whatever you want to call your towards the end of life, whatever, like how do, how do we know that that's what we should be doing instead of just like putting it in like a savings account? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great question. So the trouble with a savings account is right now, a savings account, 
even a high yield interest savings account is going to give you maybe a 1% at best return on your investment. Inflation over the last year is 8.6%, meaning that your money and your savings is now 8% less valuable. So if you want to retire, the only way to retire comfortably is to invest and to at least beat meet or beat inflation. The goal is to normally beat inflation by a lot, but inflation is crazy this year. And so, so to give you a little, some numbers around this, if you invested or sorry, if you saved $500 a month for 30 years, your, I'm doing the math right now here, your return or your savings would be about $160,000. If you saved $500 a month for 30 years, based on the historical return of the stock market, if you invested $500 a month for 30 years, you'd have over a million dollars. That's about an $800,000 difference in your retirement. The historically speaking, you are in five years time, pretty likely to have a positive return 10 and 20 years time. 99% likely to have a positive return. And a lot of people say, but what if it doesn't? What if the stock market just keeps going down? This is, if the stock market keeps going down, that means the US economy is completely collapsing and we probably have a zombie apocalypse, solar flares. (laughs) That's such a good point. There's like something else, civil war. Where we won't have to worry about that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be like trying to learn how to like hunt and forage and there will be other problems. Mm -hmm. So- Yes, of course. You can't you cannot guarantee the return of the stock market. And anyone that that tries to tell you they they can predict what the stock market is going to do is full of shit. Nobody knows. And even people like Warren Buffett and John Bogle, two of the greatest investing minds of all times, are very open about the fact that timing the market is impossible. But over time, we expect the US economy to grow. So, if you are willing to bet on the fact that our company will continue to grow, then you should be investing. And, and truly with inflation, the way it is, it's you're guaranteed to lose money with your money all in cash right now. Solid, solid points. Yep. That all of that makes sense. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I hear that you have an easy free way for women to just take a next step. So women who are listening to this right now, they're feeling all amped up like they can take on the goddamn world. What's one thing that you can give them or that they can do to start this transition for themselves? Sure. So first of all, I am on Instagram at Wealth with Tess and I share a ton of one minute reels and I try to make them pretty educational. So that is a great place to start. And I also tag other amazing financial creators sharing great advice. As always, do your own homework. Um, I always say trust, but verify if you find somebody that you like, but I also have some great free content that I've created. I created a six steps to investing checklist and in there, it just walks you through some of the high level things you need to learn. So if there's one takeaway from everything I've said in this conversation, it's that investing can be learned. It's not as complicated as you think. So take that checklist, start to learn each topic. If you want to learn it in an organized way, I have a course that walks through all these topics for you so that you can get everything you need. 
Or if you want a book recommendation, I have some great recommendations for you there too. Everybody likes to learn in different ways. And there are so many opportunities to learn right now this information, and it's not as hard as you think. So definitely download the six steps to investing checklist. Um, the link is, will be in the show notes. Yep, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Download that. That's a good place to start because then you can start to wrap your head around what you need to learn next. And then if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. I'm always on Instagram sharing below average reels. And I'm happy to share some, I, I have some books in that investing checklist too, some book recommendations too. So, and, and some FAQs as well, like how much money do I need to get started? So a lot of the stuff that I just said here is sort of summarized in, in that um, FAQ guide and checklist. Oh, perfect. So everyone who just took all these notes now, now you have duplicates. <laughs> no, this awesome. is much more thorough. Much more thorough. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And you also have a website, right? What's yes, your website? Did you mention? I do. It's wealth, wealthwithtests.com. It is under construction, but hopefully ready by the time of this recording. So Our websites are always a work in progress, man. Mine's currently <laughs> down because it's being transitioned to a new platform as we speak. And it's just like, oh, websites, man. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Is there anything else that you want women to know? Anything you came with today? Yes. I want women to know that you owe it to yourself to get a financial education. Even if you are in a relationship and your partner is managing the money, it is so empowering. It will give you so much confidence. And truly I've, I've seen too many situations in my time in this business where women haven't had the knowledge they need. And then something happens, their partner gets sick, passes away. I've had three instances of this in the last year. And that is not the time you want to be learning to manage your investments or figuring out where all your accounts are trying to figure out what does a 401k actually mean? What does a Roth IRA actually mean? These things aren't hard. They just take a little bit of time to learn. And once you learn it, you'll just go, oh, that's not that bad. So do it now before you're in a situation where you need to learn under stress. And so that would be my message is it's not hard. It's so worth learning. Even if you do work with a financial advisor, it'll just give you such a great peace of mind. So do it for yourself. Financial self-care is so important. And I can't think of anything more important than investing in your own knowledge. Financial self-care. I like that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. So that's like taking that self-care word that people hate so much right now and making, <laughs> making it like new again, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think self, I don't like the, the self-care because to me, I always think about like manicures and like yeah, getting right? your hair done. Like self-care mm -hmm. to me is like making sure you have your shit together so that mm -hmm. you're confident and you can focus on the things you love and do things with the people you care about. Like that is self-care. That's what I'm like. Can I read a book on personal development? That's my self-care. That's all I wanted. Yes, to do. I was read. yes exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. Um, yep. All of that will be like the link for the six steps to investing success will be right in the show notes and how to contact her and pick her brain about literally everything and talk about all the times your husband opens the Robin Hood app every single day. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Any links we mentioned will be linked in the show notes below. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can help you or how you can implement small steps into each day for big change and how I can help you live the life you've always wanted, head over to adrianakeefe.com for free downloads and courses. And of course, 
Join in the conversation in our free private Facebook group community at Women Who Want More with Adriana Keith. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Audrey Keith, A-D-R-I Keith. I'd love to hear from you. 